when I see older men do this, right? Hmm. It reminds me a lot of of a older woman trying to show off her sexuality, like a Madonna showing off her sexuality. Every time I see some old men with eight fancy cars in his garage and he's married and I'm like, why aren't you investing in your kids' companies? Why aren't you helping them get off the ground? And if you don't have kids, why aren't you putting money into causes that you care about? The world is literally falling apart and you are sexually signaling to a fucking mirror. It's weird and pathetic. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that it isn't seen as obscene in society for a man to signal his wealth as it is for a woman to signal her sexual availability. Why I think it's uniquely strange is that we already live in a, a society that that demoralizes men for pretty much everything else they do. Why do you think this isn't being demoralized? So there's easy glib answers I could give, right? Uh -huh. Like they want men to waste their lives. They don't want money that could go to fixing things to go to fixing things yeah. because fixing things removes the people in power from power. I don't think this is why. No. I'm just being clear. I don't think this is why. I'll tell you why. Would you like to know more? Hello, gorgeous. Hello, Simone. It is wonderful to be here with you today. I am excited for this topic. It came up when we were doing the just pearly thing recording. Like in the moment, I was thinking about this because in the in the episode, the the thesis. Yeah, hold on for context. A couple of weeks back, we were on the just pearly things pregame show. It is a panel based show where Hannah Pearl Davis, you know, discusses various topics and a bunch of randos who show up discuss with her. And one thing that she started doing near the end of the pregame show was pull up images of women on Twitter and criticize them for dressing in provocative ways. So, which, which, you know, it's funny uh, it, it, that maybe if you look at our episode with Louise Perry, what we need as a society, more women, I don't know if that episode will air before this one or not, but uh, more women being criticized for when they are outside of their younger age phase, because, you know, women like men go through multiple phases where they are psychologically optimized for different things and when which they should be optimized for different things and if you are a mother and a wife you know being a thirst trap it's probably not you've got to ask why are you still doing that like why are you still looking for validation from men who are not your husband on online environments right that is something that maybe people should be shamed for so anyway However, we had a theory on this show that, that came up that I had never really thought through before. You would support the idea of using social shaming to encourage society to ease into various stages of life that actually work sustainably, like going from being a young woman who banks on her sexual attractiveness to being more of a matriarch who focuses more on motherhood and building a career than to more of a matriarch who focuses on, on mentorship and using shame to kind of enforce that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this makes sense. And I think yeah. that, you know, within the red pill, we see this. Okay. If a woman is married and she is projecting to society, I am in a monogamous relationship. You know, why is she doing this stuff? Right? Like, why yeah. is she doing the sexual signaling? Mm -hmm. We would look at her really weird if she walked down the street with like little, you know, pins on her, her nipples and nothing else. And in some ridiculous outfit, you're like, who are you signaling to? And worse than walking down the street, posting pictures on social media. But this gets really interesting. So what is the male equivalent to this? Right? Well, in, in humans, women signal 
using their bodies often. That is how they attract mates. How do men often attract mates? Well, men attract mates showing success and material wealth. That being the case, the male equivalent to this sort of vain sexual advertisement is a man who is in a at least claimed monogamous relationship with kids and stuff like that, wasting money on vanity signals of wealth. Yeah, flaunting like his wealth, essentially to like... Cars. Yeah, if, if, if women bring their youth and beauty and we'll say fertility to the table, then what men bring is their resources. So a man flaunting his resources is doing the same thing as a woman flaunting her body and youth, right? What, I mean, who are you signaling to? You know, if you're a married man, right, especially a married man with kids, and you get some ultra fancy car, you know, that money could have gone to your kid's education. Mm -hmm. That money could have gone to making the world a better place. Like, why specifically were you doing that? And this gets really interesting to me because when we were on the panel, there was this other guy. I like him. He's a nice guy. Like, I didn't want to, like, debate him or anything on the show, but his job is selling status to young men through fancy suits and, and and stuff like that, right? And he seems to really indulge in this status. And he was like, yeah, but, well, first, <laughs> the first thing he was like is, well, fancy cars help me get my wife to sleep with me, basically. He's like, I got a fancy car, and that's why I have as many kids as I have. So, you know, you guys as perinatalists should be promoting fancy cars. Which is, to me, I think that's just cope. You don't need that to get someone to sleep with you. I mean, I think the women who are most satisfied in their relationships feel supported and loved and also see, you know, their their male partners, especially if they already have kids, being great dads. Like, to me, that is the sexiest stuff you ever do. Is, well, is I mean, it, it just isn't true. So if you are in a long-term married relationship and your wife only sees you attractive when you increase in terms of wasteful displays of wealth that's worrying that's a bad i also i can't imagine i can't imagine doing that like to be a partner and then be feel feel more secure in your partner choice when your partner spends money on luxury goods and keep in mind by the way the the, male, the typical male spending for sexual signaling you know cars watches suits etc mm -hmm. this is not really stuff that benefits a female partner yeah. It is stuff that benefits the male partner. You know, taking a female partner for a ride to the store in your fancy car, I'm sorry, that is not improving your quality of life. Maybe buying a nicer house, maybe getting nice furniture or luxury trips, you know, stuff that the family enjoys together. But that's not what is happening in these displays. You know, the classic yeah. displays are the expensive suit, the Rolex, the, the car. Is there anything else? What are the classic things? Uh, sometimes, the, sometimes the ripped body. I think the ripped and, body and, and is the new... Is, is kind of the the tech billionaires flex. Oh yeah, body. Yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, who are you spending all this time improving your body for, right? Yeah. If you're, you've got a wife, you've got kids, you know, if you're spending X many hours a day at the gym, that's it looks super you're not I mean, obviously being healthy is important, right? And no one wants like- Yeah, a, we're not talking slot. about, this is very different. There is a health body, and then there is a body that you are obviously sacrificing health to achieve. And these are two different things. And, and it is as, as I think, obscene as a woman who is married walking around in a very skimpy outfit. And what's really mm -hmm. interesting is you'll hear arguments from men who indulge in this that really mirror the arguments you're hearing from women who indulge similarly. Oh, yeah. Oh, like my husband likes it slash my wife likes it, right? 
Right. Well, I would say the first one that I think you hear is I just like doing it for me. Hmm. Why don't I get to do things for me? It's this is if you talk to a woman, you call a woman out on this and you see this, you know, because there were other women in the room who had clearly done this before where you're like, why are you posting thirst trap photos on public profiles when you're a married woman? And they're like, well, I like doing it for me. Mm-hmm. What do you like about it? You, you like the way people respond to it. It's what kind of yeah. people, right? There is an intended audience for this. Now, where guys may have some level of cover is they could say, well, yes, but the intended audience is other guys. Okay, and but the, you know the same now the same argument could be used for other women. I mean, many yeah. people have argued that women only wear makeup really for other women, which is not entirely. I, I mean, they do to an extent, you know, within these interwomen social status hierarchies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here's the interesting thing: if you're doing it for other women or other guys, so if I am a woman and I am posting thirst trap photos to signal to other women my relative hierarchy within those female social circles. Mm-hmm. I am judging my hierarchy by my desirability to men. There are mm, yeah, you're, yeah, you're still competing along what you would consider like a sorted or, or misaligned. Exactly. There are ways that women can signal hierarchy to other women mm. that are not about how attractive they are to men. Mm. I mean, look at you, right? Whether it is your career or your kids or your husband like people when they go to your instagram and you can go to her instagram simone h collins i love it great instagram my malcolm collins fan account (laughs) yeah no but it is it is signaling your status to other women and people look at this it's very clear you are signaling your status to other women on this account through your husband's dedication to the family yeah look at what i have i have this amazing husband and these amazing why why are you posting this if otherwise i didn't even know like i found this account like Long after we'd been married, and it's yeah, you really it's didn't a pervy fall. Malcolm account. <laughs> not not even pervy. It's just my husband is sweet to me all the time. Here are all the things he does. But that is how you are social signaling to your friends, right? In other words, you're saying, you know, in response to the female argument of, of I just want to, I enjoy this, or I want to show my status. Well, you can show your status in ways that aren't thirst trappy and that do still appeal to both men and women, just not in a way that's like sec- uh, a signaling sexual availability. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the same thing's happening with men. Uh, when uh, men yeah, yeah, men could like, yeah. And, and actually, you know, the guys that I follow on Instagram are posting pictures of their wives and kids, actually. So that's totally accurate. Yeah. I mean, there are multiple ways that a man can compete within his social hierarchy of other men. Mm-hmm. He can compete by showing how dedicated his wife is to the kids, showing their lifestyle together, showing the things they do together. Yeah. Um, or he can compete by showing the wealth shit he's buying right and if you are showing the wealth shit you're buying you are clearly signaling you know what status game you're playing and it is not the long-term partner status game and i think historically society understood this it is obscene and vulgar for a man to indolently show signs of wealth like this now okay but riddle me this because I there there's this one thing that gets me a little confused. And and this we saw a lot of this when we lived in Miami. There were plenty of Miami couples where the man did the suit and the Rolex and the car, and his girlfriend did the looks like an Instagram model thing with extremely revealing clothing, et cetera, et cetera. 
So here you have a couple where both are doing that and they're very much, and I know couples too, like I, I have, have followed them because some of them had, had been clients of our business who together post a lot of images of themselves, both in those things. You know, the woman is extremely scantily clad. The man is in the fancy car. What's going on there? Are you, are you trying to say that they're both trying to signal sexual availability? No, to... I actually think this is a very unique phenomenon. I'll call it the trophy wife dynamic. Okay. So in the trophy wife dynamic, an individual has a wife specifically because of how that wife positively augments their status in, 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 in a sexual context, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want the wife to be attractive and, and vapid and to show other men how quote unquote submissive and breedable they are, but like they don't actually breed them, right? They are a trophy. They are not a utility wife. The thing about trophy wives is that they are fundamentally disposable. And this is why a woman should never, ever, ever marry a man as a trophy wife. It is a fucking terrible job. And the reason is, is because as you age, as a woman, your value on the sexual marketplace declines. Mm -hmm. The core reason this guy wants you, the reason why he's letting you post all this thirst trap stuff with him, right, is because he is showing off your sexual value to his male friends. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem here is that if that is the value that he sees in you, a younger woman is always going to be able to outcompete you in that value set. If that is all you're bringing to the relationship, you're bringing no productivity gains, no children, no anything like that. Well, okay, you hit 40, you hit 45, you are with this rich guy. Of course, he's just going to trade you in for a younger model. And then what do you have? You've got no skills and no career, nothing to fall back on at all. You are completely both used and disposable and disposed of. And I think a lot of women don't realize what's happening in this. I think in these instances, you know, it's, it's clear what the guy's doing. If the guy is using you, your body, to sexually signal to his friends, you are disposable to him. That's what I think is going on. Yikes. <laughs> well, I mean, do you disagree or... Yeah, well, so I mean, basically, it's this. It almost sounds like kind of a weird predator prey situation where the prey is going around being like, "Look at me, she's so great," and they have no idea that they're on the chopping block, like already by design. Just kind well, of well, they've kind turned of themselves into a product. Yeah, and yeah. They, I mean, there, the thing is, is that if you're a woman, this is always the option if you're born attractive, right? Yeah. But it's a stupid fucking option. And this is one of the things. So so a lot of, you know, red pill guys are like, women have it so easy, blah, blah, blah. But not really. Not really. They have dumber temptations that are easier to fall into that fuck up their lives more than yours. Yeah, like men, men are more likely, in other words, to be forced to build a strong job and career independence at least financial independence and and you know at least to be able to fend for themselves no matter what happens whereas women are encouraged incentivized by societal norms to you know focus on on a very fleeting um asset which is their youth and beauty mm-hmm. <laughs> to like to en- enter a, a relationship in which they won't necessarily stay and then what happens after yeah. that falls apart well, i mean a smart male definitely and a smart female like if i was to compare the two smart male smart female of equal attractiveness the the man i'm sorry the woman definitely has it better 
Uh, of the smart people, huh? Of the smart people, right. Because they can utilize these assets. They can see what's out there. They can see the temptations. But when I'm talking about a dumb male and a dumb female of above average attractiveness, I actually think that the dumb male has it much better than the dumb people. Because yeah, fair. Well, yeah, because essentially the dumb male will have a harder time doing dumb shit, right? They'll have a harder time truly fucking up their life in the yeah. way that a woman will be incentivized to. Yeah, well, they're, they're less likely to be successful at doing dumb things, whereas women are more likely to be successful at doing dumb things that will hurt them over the long run, right? Yeah. Like, the men are, men are more likely to be forced. So that's... Well, this is something that you had said to me recently, and I'd love you to go over and hear the the MGTOW thing, where you're like, look, if you're a guy, like, and in, in, in you get fucked over, you, you can become a MGTOW. But if you're a girl, what do you do? Yeah, I'm really referring to uncoupled men and women. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, this, this applies. So while a lot of people are looking now at like men's rights movements, you know, people who are aware of, of how men are screwed over in divorces, how men are screwed over in dating, you know, how men are like really societal forces are way more against men than women, which would lead people to logically conclude that men are worse off. But my argument is that men are not worse off. When you actually look at rates of, 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 unhappiness and mental health problems, who has a bigger mental health problem? It is young women, specifically progressive young women. They are suffering more. So even if they technically have it easier, they're the ones who are really hurting most in society and who appear to be failed most by society. And part of that's, I, th I feel like young men aren't really allowed to to decide that they've been traumatized by what's happening to them. Whereas societal narratives are such that that young women are encouraged to believe that they're traumatized by things. And we saw this in, for example, Ayla's research where she found among the same group of young men and women, the young women somehow believed that they had, you know, more ab abusive childhoods and their families somehow made less money, even though this is, again, the same sample. So there's this, like, skewed perception of reality among young women. So, yeah, I, I feel like even though society is more unfair toward men, it hurts young women more and I think a lot of that comes down to contextualization. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting, right? Like I look at the world today and I'm like, okay, if I was a young man and I was going out there and try, at least there were sources for me, places I could go, I think realistically that have online, like large communities that would set me on the right path. Yeah, well, that's that's the key thing, though. They aren't necessarily going to support you or give you a big hug or tell you that you're doing the right thing. They're going to set you on the right path. Keep in mind that these support networks that you would go to, though, would often do things that society today would say are cruel or mean because they're not necessarily saying, oh, it's OK. Oh, you can feel whatever you like. Oh, you know, people should come and help you. They might be saying stuff like, oh, yeah, you actually do look like a fat slob. Like maybe you need to start lifting. Maybe you need to get a job. So they'll say harsh things to you that are considered cruel or even bullying by modern society. Whereas women, I think, actually do have what someone would intuitively assume are more supportive societies online. You know, women have all these different support groups and, you know, they'll be like, oh, this is so horrible. You've been mistreated. But ultimately, that's doing them way more harm. So, you know, by by saying you had support online, <laughs> I don't want people to feel misled. You may have found tough love online. Women are finding a lot of support, but it's very toxic. Does that make sense? That's more important, right? Yeah. If you look at the psychological health of young women, it is obviously immeasurably worse than the psychological health of young men. Mm -hmm. 
And the more they get sucked into this progressive cultural sphere, the worse their psychological health gets. Yeah. It is really shocking when you look at just how fucked young women are in our current society. Yeah. Uh, they are told to indulge in themselves, to burn their soul in a bonfire of their own vanity. And as a result, they feel hollow and, and worthless. And it is in the moment always easier to strike out for whatever small happiness that they think they want in reality. Which but ultimately it is, hurts them more, right? It turns to ash in their mouth, you know, King Midas, right? Like they think they have youth and beauty. And so they try to go for all of the, the, the wonderful things they think they have around them. But it turns to ass in their, sorry, it turns to ash and their vagine or mouth, it feels good momentarily, but then causes them suffering. And then they lash out at these things because what they don't understand is they think the things that they have been consuming, dick, they think that it's the dick that was the problem, that that's what made them unhappy. But no, it was the people who built this structure and society for them, the feminists, who built a system that makes them systemically unhappy. And so you have movements like the MGTOW that have broken from our society and say, okay, we're going to do things their own way. We're going to try something different. And through that, these individuals have come to positions that are psychologically more healthy. Yeah. But they are also susceptible to the same vices that these young women are susceptible to, you know, these young women are susceptible to believing that their status hierarchy gets determined by how attractive they are. And if you look within the MGTOW community, I think the biggest vice and the number one thing that needs to be shamed within the MGTOW community is individuals showing off fancy cars, showing off wasteful expenditures of wealth because mm. through that they are still showing that they have not broken out of the system. Yeah. And that's really funny. Because now that I think about it, one of the, the top things that happens to many, I guess, newly converted MGTOW men is they post photos of the really fancy cars and watches they're able to get because they're not spending money on women. What? It's like those there? things were only of value to you because women thought they were of value. So I guess I'll try to push back and steal me on this, even though I largely agree with you. I mean, men also like to signal power to other men. And I think there's a decent amount of competitiveness among men and a desire to show status and have a dominance hierarchy among men. Oh. How else are men supposed to show to their male friends, if that's all that they care about, that they're a big deal? Well, so I think that this is a really important question. And it, it, it can be mirrored in a woman, right? Like a woman's, well, even if I am isolating myself from men, even if I'm saying I'm only going to interact with women going forward, I'm only going to do women things, I'm not going to get married they might still post a bunch of thirst trap photos, right? Oh, uh, actually, I don't know. When I think about like lesbian or political lesbian communities, I don't think of- I'm saying hypothetically. Trap. Okay, sure. Okay, so you saw a woman doing this. You're, you're in these women communities. You'd be like really disgusted by this. You'd be like, mm. don't you see that you're still playing into the old system? What's yeah. the point in doing all this? A Rolex itself has no value to you. A fancy car itself has no value to you other than the value that you were told it had was in your social context of the kid. And you can say, well, I think it's cool, but not really. I mean, you think it's cool because you know uh, that's the way you contextualize it. Right. And this contextualization had a purpose. So you as an adult, you say, how do I show my status among other men Do something 
fucking meaningful with your life. Because there are meaningful things you can do with your life other than spend it on vanity items, which you constantly are flapping around other men, like a woman flapping around her breasts with pasties on, you know, it is, no, I mean, it's accurate. And I think it's also really gross, interestingly, and to me, a very similarly, when I see older men do this, right, mm. it reminds me a lot of of a older woman trying to show off her sexuality, like a Madonna showing off her sexuality. Every time I see some old man with eight fancy cars in his garage and he's married and I'm like, why aren't you investing in your kids' companies? Why aren't you helping them get off the ground? And if you don't have kids, why aren't you putting money into causes that you care about? The world is literally falling apart and you are sexually signaling to a fucking mirror. It's weird and pathetic. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that it isn't seen as obscene in society for a man to signal his wealth as it is for a woman to signal her sexual availability. Why I think it's uniquely strange is that we already live in a, a society that that demoralizes men for pretty much everything else they do. Why do you think this isn't being demoralized? So there's easy glib answers I could give, right? Uh -huh. Like they want men to waste their lives. They don't want money that could go to fixing things to go to fixing things yeah. because fixing things removes the people in power from power. I don't think this is why. No. I'm just being clear. I don't think this is why. I'll tell you why. Because I don't think it interferes. Because I think that a lot of beliefs are, are, are held via cultural evolution. If a belief genuinely challenges an existing cultural group, like if I teach my kids something that prevents them from deconverting and converting into the urban monoculture, well, then mm. the urban monoculture is going to shame that, right? If there's something that keeps my kids in my cultural group, well, then the urban monoculture is going to shame that. Mm -hmm. If there's something, you know, any, anything like that, right? The urban monoculture is going to shame. But if, 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 alternatively, um, I am a old failed man who is wasting away his money on indulgences that I am signaling to a fucking void that really doesn't interfere with any of the urban monoculture's plans for the world. You are neutering yourself in these displays. You are neutering mm. the financial impact you could have on anything from elections to nonprofits to advocacy to starting new companies and you are doing it for no real benefit to yourself other than to your ego which you know as as, as we say the soul burns on the bonfire of vanities you know mm -hmm. you are destroying yourself with these actions and a lot of men who have you know sunk cost fallacy i'll say this like the guy in the just pearly things interview and they'll be like i wasted my money on that or i didn't waste my money on that I spent my money on that very wisely. How dare you tell me that this was a, a an indulgence? How dare you tell me that indulgences are always wicked? Um, how dare you uh, challenge my world framing that made me feel like a good and successful person? Well, and there's also a complication that you're not mentioning here as well, mm -hmm. which is this man's career was built on selling a product that does exactly this type of social signaling. And he he banks on on selling that social signaling value to young men. So he really can't. He he wouldn't be allowed to agree with you unless he wanted to undermine his ability. No, I'm just talking generally about guys, not about this guy specifically. Uh, okay, but I'd say if you're a young guy, 
when you're young, you know, you can signal to your male friends by who you're dating or something like that. Fine. Right? Like, I think it's indulgent and wasteful, but do it if you want to, right? Hmm. But as you get older, expect to change what you're using to signal to other people, right? The the amount that you are glorifying your wife, the, the, the way that you treat her, the way that you treat your kids, those are the true signs of status once you are in a long-term monogamous relationship. Yeah. And and don't forget it. We're we're normalizing that here now, right? Don't fuck with that, so. right? You you rise in status to me as a male. Like when I'm looking through Facebook and I'm like, is this does this person have a better life to me? I see a bunch of fancy cars and shit. I'm like, wow, their life fucking sucks. I see them with kids playing in the stream. I'm like, shit, you know, I know I post those photos, but I don't I don't do that enough with my kids. I gotta do that more. You know, I see them going to fall fest i see them uh, helping their family with chores those are the moments that i wish i spent more time on so yeah yeah hmm. i'm trying to think of any other counter argument that someone might have to this i mean if someone just says they really really like collecting cars and you know you, you know a lot of smart people who i think have collected really good sports cars who I don't think are driven by sexual signaling. Like what if you just autistically like cars? Do you think that there, there's a decent number of men who just like, well, that's an addiction. Okay. So just, you know, I, I, I do things that are driven partially by addiction as well. Right. But I do not pretend that they are a status symbol. Mm. It is pathetic men who treat how much they can drink or how much they do drink as if it's a status symbol among other men. Yeah, you know what? Actually, the the friend of yours that I'm thinking who who we know who's bought the most luxury cars, like no one knew he had them. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. It, it is something you should be ashamed of. Your Magic <laughs> yeah. the Gathering. I don't think he was ashamed of it because he would like resell them and make money. So he was actually no, no, no. Yeah, if you're reselling them, okay, I agree with it. If you are using them, but that's different. That's an yeah, but that's yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it was for him it was a combination of a hobby and an investment because he would ultimately make money, but then he got to drive around luxury cars, and but no one knew he was driving them, so it was a very strange thing. But yeah, okay, yeah. So I guess, and I think the same could be said of women. Like a lot of women just. Oh, you know what? I think this is the case with, think about all the women in very conservative Islamic nations where uh -huh. they're like wearing, you know, a ton of, of covering, but then at home, they're like dripping in Gucci. Like they're just, they, they have a ton of couture under that isn't necessarily super modest. So like they go, they go home, all the outerwear comes off and they're wearing this stuff. Maybe that's, you know, that doesn't Really? That doesn't happen. I'm sorry. I've seen they, that doesn't happen. Uh, the no. women in, in Islamic countries who signal wealth through clothing, they, they do it, it through like diamond encrusted hubjobs and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't yeah. do it at home. No. And then and I know enough Islamic families where I have seen women at home and at home. I have never seen a woman who looks wealthier when she's not in full outfit than she does when she's in full outfit. Mm. Happened in Sex in the City. Probably not my most accurate source of cultural. No. Yeah, that is not accurate. No, no, no. no there are a lot not. of women in, the, in these countries who will signal stuff with like diamond crusted. They actually have to do with like phone coverings and stuff like that. But they, they, they never look more expensive under their outfits than they do outside of their outfits from what I've seen or what I've heard. So that is a Sex in the City lie. Yeah, well, that's too bad.
<laughs> okay, I'm beginning to doubt myself here, so I might be wrong on this. If fans have experienced something different, let me know. Just, I'm not doubting my experience, but, you know, the number of Muslim women who wear really conservative clothing that I have seen in or, or heard about in less than extremely formal environments is obviously going to be small because I am a male. So there are likely listeners to this podcast who would have had more experience with this than I have. A little anecdote here I wanted to share with people that to me really helped me recognize that some Muslim cultural groups are extremely similar to cultural groups near the areas I grew up in in Texas is I was hanging out with one of my Emirati friends in, I think it was around Abu Dhabi at the time, and he was getting dressed. He always wore really formal, conservative, uh, you know, religious outfits from my perspective, but apparently not from his mom's perspective because he didn't, I don't know, he hadn't tied something correctly or something like that. And we were about to leave the house and his mom was like, don't you dare leave the house without your something something. You look like a fucking Egyptian when you do that. And I just thought it was so funny because it's just, it's the type of off-color insult I would be so likely to hear in Texas. All right. Love you, Simone. I love you too, Malcolm.